Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Welcome to everyone online, whether you're chatting in the forums or just with your family on the sofa or even in your pyjamas in bed still. Um, and some of you might well be watching after, um, after we've gone live because we will be doing a recording as well. So if you're watching later in the day, big welcome to you. It's great to have you with us. Um, we are... As, we, as it's been said, we have been working on different ways for us to stay in contact um, and connected together during this time. So one of the things we're working on at the moment is a new structure for contact groups. Um, so there'll be more information, hopefully by mid this week. It's just a way for us to um, still connect with one another, support one another, pray together, just make sure that we are all still um, linking together as a church family at this time. So um, watch social media and your email for that. Um, You may have seen encouraging stories on social media about people who have been dropping cards in their neighbours' doors, offering uh, to help them with different things, just with their name on and their number, just to reach out to people at this time. Um, We are going to be um, receiving a delivery of those cards on Monday. So if you want to pop into the Riverside, you can grab a few of those, fill them in, deliver them to your neighbours if that's what you'd like to do. If you are self-isolating, we are all social distancing, but if you are self-isolating or such and you do need some support, then please do get in touch because we have a team here to support you. Um, Whether it's just you just want to chat to someone or whether um, you need somebody to pop out and get some essentials in for you, some groceries, some toilet roll, please do speak to Rachel Bird or Becca Cole or just get in touch with the office. some of you may have heard uh, from your emails during the week that we are, um, we've set up links with uh, food, Fair Share, the food bank, um, and we are going to be setting up on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays as a distribution center. Um, we have now got enough volunteers to run those teams, but if you'd like to be on the backup teams, then please get in touch with Pam Burgess or, again, here at the office. Um, today, some of you may have seen, is a nas- going to be set aside as the National Day of Prayer and Action um, across the whole of the church, um, across the nation. And so we're being asked to light a candle um, as just a visible representation of Jesus, the light of the world, and pop that in one of your windows at 7 o'clock this evening just to show that we are all standing together. I think it sounds like a really lovely thing to do. Um, and then just spend a moment or, or however long just praying um, just for all the different aspects of this um, crisis. We've still got lots going on as a church, um, despite all, all everything that's going on, and we can't put, I can't talk about everything right now, so please do check in on the website, social media. We are staying in touch with those who are not online by letter and phone calls, but, um, but do keep an eye on social media. And finally, <laughs> this is not weird at all. Um, <laughs> We're all finding ourselves doing new things, aren't we? (laughs) Ant and Deck, eat your hearts out. Um, uh, Barney's going to bring us the word uh, in just a sec, um, and he's going to start us off on a new series 
in the Psalms, um, which is going to be perfect for right now. Um, if you have any words or thoughts that you'd like to share whilst the, the preach is happening, then you can find, I think, on the one side of your screen, um, there will be a chat feed. Um, if you're on your mobile, then I think it's along the bottom, um, but you can, you can um, kind of join in um, and chat to one another using that. So that would be great. Um, over to Barney. Pray, Lord Jesus, today, as I, as I bring this message and people are watching it right now, um, or people might play it back later on, Lord Jesus, that you might be with us, Lord, that you might speak to us through it. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that, that as a result of this, Lord God, there will be a new steadfastness in people and a sense of hope, Lord, for what you, you have to come, Lord, I pray. Amen. Well, it has been a really odd week, hasn't it? And um, it's been a, a, a time of change for all of us. And, and in the midst of all of that change, uh, actually, maybe some of us feel quite fearful and panicked. I know I've spoken to a few people over the last fortnight about how they feel. Um, and there's a, a definite sense of fear um, in the, just in the atmosphere. And within that kind of sense of fear in the atmosphere, we thought it'd be a really good idea to look at the Psalms together. Because the Psalms offer us an opportunity just to refocus again on who God is and what God's done for us. And um, when the future seems uncertain... It's always good to go back to God and remind ourselves of who he is. You know, Pete was talking about earlier, I cling to the rock that is greater than I am. You know, we, we need to keep going to the rock, the rock of ages, the king of kings, the prince of peace, and keep just reminding of our, ourselves of who, of who he is. Um, and so why are we doing the Psalms? Why, why have we picked this book? Well, look, this book is a collection of songs, and it's the songs of Israel. It's the songs of the Jewish nation written down over hundreds of years. So you can read Psalm 90 and it's by Moses, for example. Or you could read other Psalms and they're by David. And there was hundreds of years separating Moses and David. And so what you will find is this, that this book is uh, it's just a long, over a long period of time. And this book charts the nation's progress almost, but through songs, through, through spiritual hymns, through poems. And what you'll find happening in the Psalms is this, is that actually often the writer is writing from emotion, they feel something. They might feel anxious or scared like many of us do today. They might feel happy or joyful. Um, or they might feel like un unsure about the future. And so often what you find in the Psalms is they start on that note. They start with the psalmist saying how they feel. And as they write, what happens then is that they start to then reflect back on what God has done. So you'll find Psalms that say, God, I, I feel like this. I feel stressed. I feel unhappy. I feel scared. I feel fearful. But God, I'm going to remind myself of all the things that you've done for me. And then often what you find is by the end of the psalm, the psalmist is then praising God again. The psalmist has reminded themselves of who God is and what God has done, and they're back to praising God. So it's almost that reorientating our hearts and our minds on God, on God and on God's perspective on things. So my prayer for us as a community, as a church, as we go through this series is that God starts to just grow in us a few things. I'm praying that God grows in us worship, that God grows in us a heart of worship, that we start to be able to worship God on our own in ways that we've not been able to do before. Maybe we've become too reliant on the meeting on a Sunday, and maybe actually God's going to use this time in your life to actually start speaking into you about how you can worship him on your own. I'm praying that God actually develops a sense of obedience in us, you know, Jesus said, if anyone is to come after me, he must take up his cross and follow me. I think we, we're not self-sacrificial enough as Christians sometimes. I think we want things to be done for us. 
And what I've started to see this week is the church start to be self-sacrificial. We've started to lay down our lives for the lives of others, for the life of Jesus. And that is so good. And I'm praying that as we continue through this series, we start to recognise and just grow in that self-sacrificial sense of obedience to Jesus. Thirdly, I'm hoping that we grow in steadfastness, that we grow in our confidence of who God is and what he's done for us. You know, things might be going on around us, but I'm hoping that we start to grow in our foundations, that our roots go down deeper into the work of Jesus and all he's done for us. And lastly, I'm hoping that we grow in hope. Last October, I had a prophetic word over me personally, but I really believe it's for the church as well. And it was about being, having a quiver of arrows on, on my back, and I believe that that's for the church. This is a quiver of arrows on our back, and those arrows were hope. And it was prophesied that we were going to have arrows of hope that we were going to fire into the community. I really believe that this week we've started to do that. The food bank is just one example. The, the way that we're actually reaching out to care for other people is another example. Arrows of hope into the world around us. You see, the world seems hopeless today, but actually God gives us hope. So let's just be prayerful as we move through this season. You know, maybe you don't do this and you just, when you hear the preacher say, oh, please pray that, that God speaks to you through, through this season and you just go away and you don't do it. Can I encourage you to do that today, even after I finish? God, would you speak to me through the Psalms? Maybe you want to actually, you know, this could be an encouragement to you over the next couple of weeks. Stop your other reading from somewhere else in scripture just for a few weeks and just focus on the Psalms so that we're all focused on it together. So that we're all kind of growing in the same thing together. So without any further ado, let's look at our first Psalm today. We're going to look at Psalm 46 together. And Psalm 46 um, was uh, not necessarily written into a historical event but it was actually just, just written by a group of guys called the Sons of Korah. And I'll speak about them in a little bit. But let's read it together. And now, the other thing I forgot to say is that on your feed, on the right-hand side, you can use the Bible whilst watching me. So you can actually look this up. I'm reading from the ESV, so you might want to find that. Or you can find another version that you find easier to use. So Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So this psalm is uh, really relevant to us today. It speaks right into the heart of our situation. And we're going to go through it together. And I just want to pull out a few things for you uh, this morning. And so uh, the first, first thing I want to say about this, though, is what's going on in this psalm? What's happening here? Well, look, everything seems to be in a complete state of panic the nations are in uproar. Look at verse 6. It says, the nations rage. In other versions, it says they're in uproar. Kingdoms are tottering in this psalm. Kingdoms are, are faltering. It's just like the situation we face today, isn't it? 
Secondly, there's something else going on, and it's almost bigger than just the nations. The world itself is in a state of flux. The world itself seems uncertain. Look at verse 3 and verse 2. It says, The mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam. It's like the whole of creation is uncertain. It kind of reminds me of climate change in some ways. Look, actually, we live in uncertain times. What's encouraging about this, though, is that it's all happened before. Look at it. It's happened before. The, the nations have been in uproar before. Nations have tot, tot, tottered before. They've, they've, they've rocked and have rocked backwards and forwards and, 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 and been unsettled. The world itself has been in a state of flux before, but yet here we stand again. And I think every generation faces something like we're facing now. But this is our generation's thing that we're facing. And we need to recognise that maybe things will, actually, things are going to be different forever for the rest of our lives after this event. We're going to look back on this as being a defining moment in history for us as a generation. And actually, we need to know what is our response to that in this time. Well, look, I think actually what happens is in this psalm is that if you keep reading it through, you'll find that there's like, almost like a cacophony of noise. You know, it's almost like the media this week. If, you, if you've been on the BBC, it's like every story is about coronavirus. Every story is about it. You go on social media, everybody is talking about coronavirus. It is a cacophony of noise. And in the midst of this noise, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to act as Christians? What is our response to be to it? Well, I think we can learn some things from the people who wrote this psalm. And the people who wrote this psalm, as I said, were the sons of Korah. Who were they? Well, you can read about them in 1 Chronicles 6.33. You can look that up now if you really want to. And they were David's um, songwriters. David asked them to write some songs. And this is one of the songs they wrote. And as I said, it's not necessarily about a particular event. But what it is about is about them reflecting on life. They're reflecting on what's happened maybe in the nation before and on life around them. And what's their response? Well, look, classic three-point preaching this morning, but what's their response? They do three things. First of all, they look back. Secondly, they look forward. And thirdly, they look up. So I'm just going to focus on those uh, going through our, our, my talk now. So what's the first thing I do? They look backwards. What do I mean by that? Well, the, the way that they respond to what's going on is they look back at the nation's past. They look back at the history of Israel, and they look back on the character of God. So what are the three things they focus on? First of all, they focus on, and I'm not necessarily going order of the psalm here, but first of all, they focus on the fact that God is a God who brings peace. Look at it at verse 9. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. God is active in bringing peace where there is discord. God is active in bringing harmony where there is disharmony. He takes a step. He steps in and he takes action. They remind themselves, and they would have been reflecting on what happened to them in the past before, but they remind themselves that God is a God who steps in. And that gives them confidence in their current situation, knowing that if God stepped in before, God's going to step in again. So that's the first thing they do. They remind themselves that God is a God who brings peace. Verse 9. Secondly, and you'll notice this phrase twice in this psalm, and it's actually a complete, it's, it's completely the same. So it's almost like a chorus in a song. Verse 7 and verse 11, they both say this, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So they use this term, the God of Jacob. Why? Why do they use the term, the God of Jacob? What does that mean? Well, they're reminding themselves of, the, of God who was the God of Jacob. So in order for us to understand that, we need to remember a little bit about Jacob. Jacob was a bit of a rotter, to be honest with you. 
He wasn't a great guy. He lied. He deceived people. He cheated his brother out of his, out of his, uh, you know, out of his birthright. He, uh, he, was, he was not a good guy. But yet, actually, God kept using him. God kept uh, actually kind of having a purpose for his life. And there was a moment in Genesis 32, you can read about it, and it was a defining moment. God met with Jacob. God wrestled with Jacob. God showed Jacob that he was in charge and he was in control. You read forward in the story of Jacob, and what you'll find is something really interesting. Jacob's character's changed. Jacob goes from being a deceiver to being somebody who wants to bless. Instead, he releases blessing on other people. He's met with God. He's met with the presence of God. And actually, he knows a sense of God with him. So despite the fact that Jacob's a rotter, God chooses to bless him anyway. And we need to remind ourselves that it doesn't matter what we've done or where we, and who we've been. Actually, because of Jesus, we're set free from sin. We're set free from, free from shame. And actually, we know the blessing of Jesus over our lives. We need to remind ourselves that actually God continues to bless us. And it's not about anything we've done, but he just chooses to do that. The God of Jacob is our God. And he's not just the God who blesses us, but he's the God who provides for us. Look at the story of Jacob's children. They end up having to go to exile into Egypt because of a famine. They experienced a nation-changing moment in their lifetimes as well. They ended up living in another country just to get food. Actually, you know, this week, maybe some of us have struggled to get pasta. Imagine for them, they were struggling to find grain, and so they had to go into Egypt. God provided a way for the nation of Israel to continue being prospered and blessed. That's the, that's the second thing there. So the first two things I've gone through so far is that actually they remind themselves of the fact that God is a God who brings peace. And they remind themselves that God is a God who continues to bless even when we don't deserve it. And the third thing they do is they remind themselves of this single word that comes up three times, refuge. In fact, actually, in my translation, it's said twice as fortress, but it's the same idea. They remind themselves that God is a God that you can go to when you are in need and you are scared and you're fearful. And as many of you know, our children don't sleep particularly well. And so over the, look, this happens all the time at the moment. Jude, our son, wakes up in the middle of the night. And, and I, I'm a very light sleeper. And I hear him as soon as he gets out of bed. And I hear this little thud on the floor. And then these little steps as he runs into our room. He flings the door open and he shouts out, Mum, Dad! And he's really quite scared and quite anxious. And what's his response? What does he do? He literally climbs up onto our bed. He goes straight between Claire and I, and he'll jump on one of us and cuddle us. And he'll fall straight back to sleep again. We are Jude's refuge. We are Jude's fortress. When he's scared and afraid, Jude comes to us because he knows that he's going to find a place of comfort and, and, and freedom from that, that fear that he has. And he ends up falling asleep very quickly because he knows he's in a safe place. Look, we know God is just like that. He is a father that we can go to. He is a loving God that we can go to when we feel scared and when we feel fearful. Can I just encourage you at this time? Maybe you feel like Jude does in the night. Maybe you feel like that constantly at the moment. Go to God. He is a refuge to you. Martin Luther wrote a song based on this psalm. A mighty fortress is our God. You know, he's a place that you can go to to find security, to find a sense of safety when you're scared, when you're struggling. That's the third thing. So they, they remind themselves of those three things. That God's the God of Jacob, that God's a God who brings peace, and that God is a fortress to us. That's how they look back. They look back in those ways. Well, what's the next thing they do? Well, they look forward. And there's a really interesting verse in Psalm 46, and it's verse 4, and it, it reads this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. What's that about? 
Because if you know a bit of geography, what you'll find is there's no river that flows in Jerusalem. There's no river near it. It's the Jordan. It's, it's kind of way off, way off east compared to where Jerusalem is. So what's this river that they are writing about? Well, look, if you go through the Bible, you've got, probably got some time at the moment, hopefully, to go through the Bible. Look up the theme of rivers in the Bible. You'll find them. They come up again and again and again. I'm going to just speak to you about three places they come up because I think they're relevant to us. You see, I think in writing this verse, what's happening is the psalmists are looking forward. They are having a future point of view about their situation. So they're going, look, we, are, we could be fearful, we could be scared. No, we're not going to be scared and fearful because we're going to look back and remind ourselves of who God has been to us. And then we're going to look forward and remind ourselves of the promises that we have in God. So what are the promises that they are reminding themselves of with this river? Well, look, a river turns up in the Garden of Eden. There's a river there. And in this garden, there's the river that flows through the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve are walking and talking with God. They know God every day of, 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 of their lives. He is with them. And they know that sense of relationship. We know the story of Adam and Eve. They disobey God. They decide that they think they know better than him. And as a result of that, they are cast out of the garden. They can't have a relationship with him because actually they've decided that they think they know better than him. And so God says, look, you can't be, you can't be here anymore. And so they get sent out into the world. And then the whole of history, the way that you could look at this, is mankind longing for that sense of presence again, that sense of being with God near the river, being with God in the garden. Go forward all the way to the end of the book. Go to Revelation 22 and you'll find again a river. Where is this river? This river is flowing through the city of God. It's almost like verse 4 in our psalm. It's the river flowing through the city of God, the place where God dwells. Jesus it, it talks about this river in Revelation 22. He's saying look, there's going to be a river. And John writes about it. That actually, there's going to be a river flowing through this city. Where is this city? Well, this city is on a renewed earth. You see, we live forward to a future hope, those that are in Jesus, those that are Christians, we look forward to a hope of knowing that one day Jesus is going to return. Jesus says in Revelation, I'm making all things new. And what he's going to do, he's going to renew the earth. He's going to renew the, the, the heavens and the earth are going to collide and it's going to be made new. Boy, does this earth need to be made new. I mean, we have, we've, we've put some of it to ruin. But God is going to make all things new. And God is going to come and dwell with his people. And where is he going to dwell? He's going to dwell in a city. He's going to dwell in this city, and you and I are going to live in that city as well. And in the middle of that city, there's going to be a river. So in these two places, what does the river signify? It signifies two things. It signifies the presence of God, and it signifies the provision of God. So at this moment in time, we need to remind ourselves of the future promise of the provision of God forevermore. But we also need to remind ourselves of the presence of God forevermore, that God is going to always be with us. There's a promise in Scripture. God says, never will I leave you or forsake you. Hey, this is what this river's about. And there's a third place I just want to point you to quickly because there's something else about this river for you and I today. And that's from John 7. At John, in John 7, it's the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus is in Jerusalem and there was this big Jewish festival that lasted a week. And they were celebrating. They lived in tents for a week and they celebrated. And at the end of that festival, the, the high priest would get up and pour jugs of water over the altar. And at that very moment, Jesus stands up the whole crowd are probably silent watching what's going on. Jesus stands up and he says this, loud enough so that everybody can hear. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of him will flow streams of living water. Out of him will flow streams of living water. Out of you will flow a river, the river of the life and the presence of God. John writes, reflecting on what's just happened, that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. 
Look, actually, we need to be people at the moment of the presence of God, of his spirit, the presence of God in us, flowing out of us into the lives of people around us. So our challenge at the moment is to keep reminding ourselves to keep going back to God and asking for his presence to fill us. Asking for the spirit of God, his presence to fill us, so that actually out of us flow streams of living water to those around us. You see, we can walk with confidence, carrying the provision of God to those around us. We can walk with confidence, carrying the presence of God to those around us. You could be asking for the Holy Spirit right now, wherever you are right at this moment in time I'm speaking. Jesus says there's one caveat to receiving the Spirit, that you're thirsty. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So my encouragement to you is get thirsty. Get thirsty after God and his presence. You know, as, as the Holy Spirit fills us, you know what he does? He actually reminds us of a few things. First of all, he becomes, he's a counsellor to us. Jesus says this in John. He's a counsellor. He's a helper. He's an advocate. He's somebody who comes alongside us and counsels us. Boy, do we need wisdom at the moment. The Holy Spirit gives wisdom. And secondly, the Holy Spirit does something else. He reminds us of the future that we have. He reminds us of the future city. Paul writes that the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is almost like a seal that guarantees our inheritance. You know, we don't have seals on letters anymore, but back in the olden days, they had a seal that they would stamp on a letter, and the, letter would, the seal would have to be broken before the letter was opened. It was a seal guaranteeing the person who sent it had sent the letter. The Holy Spirit is like a seal on our hearts, guaranteeing that we belong in Jesus and that actually we have a future inheritance with him. So my encouragement to you is to get into the presence of God. Get into his presence and know his provision over your life over the next few weeks. So those are the first two things. They look back, they look forward, and lastly, they look up. Because in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this noise, in the midst of the hubbub of the world around them, the world is breaking down, the nations are tottering, what happens? Verse 10. God starts to say something. God speaks. He says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So you have this chaos. You have this uproar. You have just noise and a cacophony of noise. And all of a sudden, God speaks and he says what? He doesn't say keep being noisy. He says, be still and know that I am God. Look, actually, at this time, church, we can be still and know that God is in control. He is on the throne. God is in charge. God is, is, a, is, a never, is never shaken by anything. He's not fearful. He's not panic-buying Lou Roll at the moment. God is sitting on the throne in heaven, confident and in charge. He knows the tomorrow that we don't know yet. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. God is fully aware and fully in charge. So be still and know that he's got it. Be still and know that he has everything in his hands today. You might not know what your job's going to look like in a few months' time, but God has got you in his hands. God is faithful to you. God will provide for you. God will bless you. I really believe that actually God is a God who comes through for his people. So remind yourselves, God is on the throne. Be still and know that I am God, says God. Reminded of creation, the seventh day God rests. God doesn't need to do anything because God's in charge. You know, and at this time, take some rest for your soul. Make sure that you are stepping into the presence of God. Lastly, Jesus said this in John 16, 33. He said, take courage. Take courage, said Jesus, for I have overcome the world. At this time, we need to be still and know that God is God and take courage from the fact that Jesus has overcome. 
Jesus sits on the throne in heaven. He is going to return to judge the living and the dead. He is going to return to, to, to build that new city, that, that, that city, uh, uh, the heavenly city where we will dwell with him forever. We have that confidence looking forward, knowing that we're going to be with him forever. We have that confidence today, no matter what we're facing, that he is with us and that he goes before us. So my prayer for you is that you hear God in the noise. You hear God in the noise today and you know that he is God, that you can be still in confidence. My prayer for you is that you know his provision over your life. And my prayer for you is that you get thirsty for his presence. That over the next few weeks, you don't just go and binge watch Netflix because it's such an easy thing to do. There's so many great series out there at the moment. But look, actually, do you know what? We can have a God who we can know intimately every day. You could draw from him the well of your salvation. Can I encourage you to do that over the next few weeks? We're gonna, I'm going to close by praying now. And then Andy's just going to come and, and uh, lead us in a song as we finish our time together today. I'll get back up and say something just at the end before we finish. But let me just pray quickly. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, people watching at home, Lord, people just engaging you. Maybe they're watching this on a pre-record. Lord Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, come and fill my, my brothers and sisters with your love and your joy. Come and pr- fill them with a confidence that comes from knowing you. I thank you that you're the God who takes action. You're the God who steps in. Thank you, you're the God who sits on the throne. Thank you, you're the God who gives us streams of living water by your spirit. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. And we pray, Lord God, that you would come and step in now. Lord, we pray over our nation. Lord, step in, Lord. Come and step in, Lord Jesus. I'm just so amazed by the fact that even today there are thousands of new voices speaking the gospel out over the internet. And we pray, come and step in on our nation. Come and bring about change over our nation. Just aware that even the app that we're using, 12,000 new churches have started using it over the last week. God, step in on our nation. Lord, we thank you that you're on the throne, that you're in charge, that you're in control, that we don't need to worry when we hear all this cacophony of noise. Lord, we just need to know that we can be still and know that you are God. So Lord, we pray, bless us in the week ahead. We pray that you would use us mightily for your kingdom and your kingdom expansion. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Barney. Um, as Barney said, uh, uh, because of his, his uh, preach there, God is still on the throne and the way we wanted to um, to finish was we were going to introduce a new song to you. We were going to introduce this song um, in a few months' time, but it it just it felt so appropriate given what's what's going on in the world today that we wanted to to bring it forward and we're going to introduce it for for this season as well. It's called Ancient of Days, and I just if I just uh, if I just read verse one, this is the kind of the message that we want you to um to go home with and and kind of take take on for the rest of your your week as well. Um, wherever you are in, in self-isolation and, uh, and whatnot. Um, the verse one, it says, Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there's still one king reigning over all. So I will not fear, for this truth remains, that my God is the ancient of days. So we're, gonna, um, we're going to, uh, what I'll do is, we'll, we'll sing verse one twice, so you can get a go at it, and then we'll sing it again, and then you can pick up, uh, there's a chorus as well. It's, it's a bit of a modern hymn, so there's a chorus as well, so we'll, We'll um, we'll get there. So we're gonna we're gonna finish with this song now. Then. Though the nations rage, 
kingdoms rise and fall there is still one king reigning over all so i will not fear for this truth remains that my god is the ancient of days none above him none before him all of time in his hands for his throne it shall remain and ever stand all the power all the glory i will trust in his name for my god is the ancient of days let's sing verse one again together though the nations rage kingdoms rise and fall there is still one king reigning over all and i will not fear for this truth remains that my god is the ancient of days none above him none before him all of time in his hands for his throne it shall remain and ever stand all the power all the glory i will trust in his name for my god is the ancient of days through the dead of night overwhelms my soul he is here with me i am not alone oh his love is sure and he knows my name for my god is the ancient of days none above him none before him all of time in his hands for his throne it shall remain and ever stand all the power all the glory i will trust in his name for my god is the ancient of days though i may not see what the future brings i will watch and wait for the savior king then my joy complete standing face to face in the presence of the ancient of days none be above him none before him all of time in his hands for his throne it shall remain and ever stand all the power all the glory 
trust in his name for my God is the ancient of days yes my God is the ancient of days yes our God is the ancient of days. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, sorry if, if you've encountered any sort of issues with the, either the end of the meeting or generally throughout, so we'll be looking into the technical side of it, but thanks for all of you who've stuck with us this morning. Um, we will get there in the next week or so, but thank you so much. Praying for you this week. Keep connecting in with us. If you've got any stories and testimonies of what God's done in your life throughout this period, please can I encourage you to share them with us so that I can get them out to everybody in the church. Just love you guys at Gateway, so we just want to bless you this week. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you're doing in us. Keep using us, keep working through us. Lord, that your glory uh, might descend upon the earth throughout this time. And Lord, we just want to wish all of those mums and mothers out there a happy Mother's Day today as well. Amen.